Welcome to the Annie Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 125. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, is David Estrella. Who has got to be a Pokemon master. It's all I've been thinking about. But I have decided <laughs> to show up and record a podcast for Evan's sake. Yeah, that's right. David is playing Pokemon. I am not playing it yet because, oh my God, video, oh my God. Games. video games at the end of the year. There's end way year. too many of them. I'm playing Fire Emblem. I'm playing Death Stranding. I'm I'm going to play Pokemon, even though I haven't played a Pokemon game in a long time, but I need to kind of get through some other stuff first. I think you'll like first. it. I think you'll, okay, cool. I think you'll like it. I've got like six hours into it. I think you're going to like it. Mm, okay. Yeah, I'll probably... I'll probably pick it up before my Thanksgiving trip because I can play it on the plane. You're going to go for a physical copy, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, good luck. Good luck. I wonder if it's going to end up like Fire Emblem where it's just like impossible to find a physical copy for a little while. It's uh, yeah, it's very possible. <laughs> so uh, so this episode, we are going to do a little bit of quick news, uh, talk about some anime and games in our queue, including Pokemon. And I'm going to review the St. Young Men manga, which has about three volumes out in digital and is about to get a print release from Kodansha Comics. So, David, let's start off with the most important news of the weekend. Yesterday, Yesterday. November 15th was Gundam Day in New York. You're in New York. You you celebrated Gundam Day. Yep. Well, I don't know if you celebrate it so much as observe uh, respectfully. Right, okay, that's true. Yeah, a moment of (laughs) silence for Gundam Day. It might be be, uh, in bad taste to celebrate uh, Gundam Day. Depends on what Gundam Day entails, right? It's like, if it's SD Mm -hmm. Gundam, then it's a celebration. But if it's That's like true. war in the pocket, then <laughs> yeah, war in the pocket is is yeah. <laughs> you uh, you're in mourning for the Depends. whole day. It's like, are we talking fun Gundam or are we talking uh, hamburger Gundam? Sad hamburger Gundam, correct? Yeah. So tell tell me more about this. I didn't really keep up with what was going on with this thing. Well, the story goes is that, and there's actually photo proof that you, we had uh, one of the councilmen from the from New York City Council uh, show up to <laughs> Javits Center to get up on a podium and declare to the whole world that uh, it's officially Gundam Day in New York on November fifteenth. This is going forward. I'm assuming this is forever. This is like this is as legitimate as MLK Day and uh, Veterans Day and all those other days. Um, no, I mean, it is a Veterans Day, right? It, it, yeah, it, it, it's basically Veterans Day, too. Uh, mobile Suit Veterans Day. Mobile Suit Veterans Day, yeah. Uh, what made it, like, really good, though, is that there, were, there weren't, like, any Gundam characters or anything around them. What he had were the Low Wayne brothers, which are a Grand Blue fantasy uh, group of shirtless lads with big muscles who flex and say bro-isms at each other. Uh, and they had, they had those guys, uh, they didn't have any Gundam guys. They didn't have Tomino or anybody, but it's Gundam day and it absolutely counts. It's very anime and I'm glad to just have more anime in New York like this. So we're going to do this every year, I guess, right? Yeah. Every, every year. Well, thankfully like anime NYC seems to be doing pretty well. So it's not like just going to go under because of some shady dealings. (laughs) No, I don't think the, the, the organizers are going to abscond with all the with all the money. You know, it's going to blow up like uh, like one of those uh, like Dashcon, <laughs> one of those like Kickstarter cons. Next year is just going to be a ball pit, right? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, I, I have I have a little bit more faith in that in uh, the folks behind Anime NYC. It's just getting bigger. It's like it's getting to Anime Expo levels. Is it really? No way. Yeah. I mean, nothing's at Anime Expo level. How many attendees does it like? Well, did it have last year? It's not necessarily the size. I think it's more like the feel and the compression of people in the in the place. They like they doubled on the size this year, uh, but it feels like you've got double the attendees. And a lot of the events are very in like the style of Anime Expo, where you get like um, you get like the Annie Song music groups to show up. Like the Lantis label showed up and did a concert with a bunch of their artists, including like Jam Project and uh, some Love Live people. Mm-hmm. And I get the feeling like it's just going to get bigger. I'm just, I'm thinking that like they they finally have some faith in the in the East Coast. I know it's like a longer flight, and that's probably why uh, nobody wants to like do big cons here. But you know, it's, well, it's I not guess like it's nobody wants to, right? I mean, there's stuff like nobody wants to, do, yeah. Tony but it's just, it's con. easier, right? Like it's just easier yeah. to justify a flight to LA than it is to justify a flight to New York or I've, Baltimore or yeah, DC I've, or whatever. I've always had a feeling it's like a territory thing where there's just it like, um, like the 
on like the Japanese production side, like they've got more connections West Coast centric than East Coast. Yeah, because they've got the they're more likely to have connections with Hollywood, right? There's another aspect to it, which is that the that different cities are kind of easier to justify someone coming to based just on like whether it's a glamorous cool city for them to take a trip to right so (laughs) so saying hey come out to anime expo you are going to be in los angeles hollywood right like that Mm -hmm. that is i think has some appeal to some guests and i i I would think that new york has a very similar appeal right new york is Mm. definitely like a glamorous tourist destination I want to say glamorous, but like LA isn't glamorous either when you get down to it. David, you're in New York. What I'm telling you is that people not in New York see it as a glamorous tourist oh, destination. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that New Yorkers won't agree, but that's what people outside of New York think. <laughs> oh, we'll just we'll show them the we'll show them the subway a couple times and they'll uh, they'll change their tune pretty quickly. Yeah, after they get trapped on the subway for two hours in a tunnel. I saw a tweet yeah. about that yesterday. Yeah. Yep. New York baby. That's right. Uh, well, at least New York is a lot better now that you have Gundam Thankfully. Day to celebrate Thankfully every year. We, Another mm-hmm. uh, BS holiday that is completely meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's talk about some stuff in our queue these days. Mm-hmm. How about we start with me? So I have been trying to knock some stuff off of my anime backlog, my very long anime backlog. And one of those things is a show I talked about on this podcast a while ago. And you would have expected that I would have finished it by now, but I kind of put it down and didn't get back to it. And that is Psychopaths. Yeah. And I had to clarify that, Evan, you're watching like the good the, the good parts of Psychopaths, not the you're not watching the whole series. Uh, I'm watching the first season. Yeah. First season. And when I last talked about it on here, I think I had watched like four episodes now i've watched 11 episodes uh most That's of those insane. most of those were in the past like week or two right i mean i just it's not like i've been slowly making my way through it i just put it down <laughs> and didn't get back to it the last time so, we watched it i was actually watching it actively as it was airing that was like one of like the last shows i remember where i actually uh i actually just like waited for that thing to come out like i was going hmm. week by week like a normal person and not you know not our freakish thing where we'd like wait for the whole thing to come out and then watch it six <laughs> years later <laughs> yeah so uh believe it or not i am not doing this for like a pulling an evan minto reason so i have no real intention to watch the season that's i think it's currently airing uh season three of psychopaths i'm literally it was just i started watching it as research for a cyberpunk panel i did earlier this year and then i you know i was just like oh this is pretty good let me let me actually finish this show or finish the first season and i've heard that the later seasons are not very good but the so i'm about halfway through and i am actually i'll be honest i was like didn't have the highest expectations because i guess i've just developed a lot of cynicism about a lot of tv anime Mm -hmm. but it's good it's like uh I think it does a good job with a with this um, this episodic kind of police procedural structure. I think it's like I think it's good in like a sort of trashy kind of way. I think it's a little bit more than trashy. I was expecting it to be good in a slightly trashy way, and I was I was surprised to find it. Uh, it's mainly just that it has it has pretty decent episodic stories where it introduces these characters involved in these crimes, mm-hmm. right, and then. And I think it's it's actually introducing like pretty interesting concepts uh, in this in this world, right? So the the I guess for anybody who doesn't remember the premise of this or hasn't seen it, it's uh, it's basically like Minority Report, right? Where there's a there is this kind of they, they don't call it pre crime, right? They call it something else, but it's similar to that idea, right? Where you're uh, you can be you can be arrested for having like uh having your like psych this like psychoanalysis thing you know show that you have uh thoughts that would predispose you to commit a crime so there's not like reading your mind it's not it can't tell whether or not you would commit a crime but it can tell whether you have these like indicators of a person who would commit a crime and yeah well you got to mention that all of this is because we uh not we but we probably we but the characters in the show, they live in a in a state of uh, just constant supervision. Yeah, everything is, it, yeah, it's like a surveillance state and it is all administered by basically a central 
computer, right? Mm-hmm. Like an AI. And uh, yeah, the main characters are like the 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 main character. What's her name? Akati, I think something like that. She's a uh, Akane. Uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Akane. She is a like an investigator, like a detective for this police bureau. But they employ people who have what's called coefficient. Yeah, they have. That's what it is. They have a, a crime coefficient, like a high crime coefficient, and so they're basically they're they're called latent latent criminals. And so she's not just like a detective; she is actually like a supervisor for these latent criminals who are, you know, not allowed to really like live regular lives. They're just prisoners, and you know, they're the prison labor that they do is to be detectives. And we got to mention uh, like it's kind of really it's definitely super fucked up. <laughs> like, uh, there's the uh, Spike Spiegel-esque character that everybody loves. <laughs> he is very Spike Spiegel-esque. Yeah, Kogami. The he's like the latent criminal, the like main latent criminal character who Akane works with. He's your loose cannon character, but he's also kept on a on a tight leash. Yeah, it's it's a little bit of you know an Inuyasha thing. It's like the girl with with dog boyfriend. The girl He's with like, like the huge eyes. Yeah, she has. She yeah, has really big eyes, and like that's eyes. that's kind of on purpose. Where I remember when the show was first running, like people were saying like, ah, oh, it's like a Moe thing. They're trying to like uh, they're trying to like comment on all these all this Moe crap, and like obviously it wasn't at all like that. I think it was yeah, like I that design would, was chosen. I think, I think they just thought that it would make her a more popular character. <laughs> I, I feel like it would just mesh better with the show because she's supposed to be like this rookie cop with only right. a bunch of like textbook learning on her. Yeah. Like like to her credit, and, but she's never actually been in a situation where she has to apprehend these like potential criminals who are, aren't even like really criminals, but they're people with potentially issues and yeah they're going to be led into eventually crime or so says the yeah. uh, main computer right. that's telling them like yeah these are you know you got to go get these people i really like the way the show explores how society is kind of organized in the these very strange foreign ways as a result of the crime coefficient and the psychopath system so yeah you get detectives who they literally can't be like prepared for the job of fighting crime because to do so would cause them to be kind of tainted by it. Yeah. Right. And so like they have to, by definition, be so innocent that they're practically useless. And then the only people <laughs> who can fight the crime are people who have been so exposed to evil that like they are classified as latent criminals. And yet they're like the one of like the few people that can kind of think for themselves as well. But yeah, they're exactly. kind of caught up in this whole system. Yeah, there's this thing about like kind of innocence that runs through it, and and I, I just hit the halfway point where it's sort of without spoiling oh, it's too much to pop off. <laughs> yeah, it gets. I mean, for one thing, there's actual death that happens that I didn't expect. That I'm imp- you know impressed that it's willing to commit to that, and also it, it starts to really like break down the psychopath system. In a way that that I, I kind of didn't expect. I, like I with this kind of thing, I expect it to. Like, I I expect the critique to be that the system is perfect and in its perfection, it is like incompatible with human needs, right? Mm-hmm. But what I think is actually much more interesting that Psychopath does is says actually the system is imperfect. Mm. <laughs> like the, the system, the system. Oh yeah! Oh, I remembered so much now. (laughs) Now that we started talking about it, I'm like, yeah, wow. Now I remember why I really enjoyed it. That's a much more interesting avenue to go down. Is to say, like, especially you know, I I have a background in like computer science, right? And so Mm -hmm. when I see a system like that, I'm like, well, there's gonna be bugs. The the sci-fi idea that it's perfect is silly. Right. You know, it's it's going like, to fail. It's going to put people in the wrong category, whether that means it's going to take someone who's not a criminal and classify them as a criminal or as gets introduced later, take someone who is a criminal and fail to classify them as one. I think like the best comparison probably is to like look at the way that uh, AI controlled cars are programmed, <laughs> where yeah, a lot of yeah, assumptions are made where like, you know, uh, people shouldn't be on the street in certain conditions and then like all the programming will assume that a person won't be on the street and yet you know in practice people will be on the street whenever they want because that's how humans are yeah so i won't get into too much here uh, maybe we'll talk about it more when i when i wrap it up but i'm i'm really liking it i <laughs> i'm uh pleasantly surprised by how good it is 
Yeah, we're, we're, like, we're putting together some best of the decade lists, so it might. I mean, it's definitely going to be I on would, there somewhere. But, I would but slip it by in. the time I'm done, it might it might have moved up the ranks quite a bit. I would I would slip it in on like a honorary mention tier. I think. Mm-hmm. Next up, David. Next up, a little bit more cheerful, a little more sunshine. <laughs> I'm playing the new Pokemon, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I got Sword version. It tasted like. Um, what did Pokemon Sword taste like? It didn't definitely didn't taste like Sword. David, what okay, explain this. Explain yourself. It, well, like, you know, it's it's a bite-sized cartridge, so I decided I would try to eat it first. Uh and I thought Why did you de- why did you eat it, David? Why it was did, tempting. Like, no, yeah, you were telling me about this before the show. What is the why is there's like well, a thing about Nintendo, people eating Nintendo realized Nintendo realized that people like me exist who will just put stuff in their mouth. Uh, so they put a lot of uh, those bittering agents on it. I think it's like that thing that they also put on, um, you know, like those cans of compressed air that spray stuff. I don't know yeah, if it's like exactly. the same exact thing, but I think that they also have like a thing so that you don't spray it in your mouth. It's like if you do, it's like it's so bitter that you just you you stop. It's like no. Like spraying, <laughs> it's like spraying some water on a cat that's standing on a windowsill and trying to like take some bites out of a out of a uh, plant. Uh, okay. So it wasn't bitter <laughs> enough, though. I'm gonna tell you right now, like like you you would have eaten it. I would have. I would definitely. If you didn't want to play Pokemon, you would have eaten it. Yeah, but my uh, the urgency in which I had to play Pokemon was greater than my appetite at that moment. I think well, it could you think, definitely if you think about it, David, bit more bitter. You can be even closer to the Pokemon by it actually ingesting, ingesting the entire game. Making it a part of my body. <laughs> Pokemon will be with you forever. I'm the Hideo Kojima of Pokemon games. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, it's, so uh, tell, me, tell me about your first impressions, not of the taste of the cartridge, David, but of well, got that Pokemon, out of the way. Of actually playing the game. Which one did you get first? I got Sword, sword. or Shield? I got sword. You got sword. Okay. I got sword. I got so, the. You know what I'm going to do? I'll, I'll get shield then, so that you we gotta, can talk you got to get it. shield. Yeah. You got to go get shield so that we can trade the version exclusives. Because I'm going to fill my Pokedex. I don't know about you, but I'm definitely going to fill that bad boy up. I spent six hours on it because I just got so caught up in the simple act of being in the world and catching Pokemon. And when I heard that the game was like ten hours long, I panicked. Like. Because there's been a ton of leaks and stuff, and I think the ongoing narrative is that people are super unhappy about the about Game Freak cutting out certain Pokemon, not certain Pokemon, like cutting out basically half of all the Pokemon that they've made. It's like for, a Smash Brothers style thing, right? Where they yeah. they kind of cycled a bunch of Pokemon out. Oh, they they cycled a ton of Pokemon out, and some of the choices of the old Pokemon that they kept in, uh, people were very unhappy. Like for example, like the starters. Like the classic starters, um, only Charmander got in. Oh, I didn't know that. I haven't kept up with all the news of this. That's yeah. actually really surprising. I would have expected That's... like all of the prior starters would have been in it because they're yeah, all me too. so well known by fans. So like as like a Bulbasaur guy, I was heartbroken and I I was following the leaks pretty closely, actually. Like I probably shouldn't have done that, but uh I thought myself to be like, well, I'm like an intelligent Pokemon fan. You know, I, I can read all this stuff and it won't change my opinion because mm-hmm. I still have to play the game for myself. But I was feeling pretty uh, unsure when I got the game. I was excited for it. But at the same time, I was like, you know, this might be uh, the dawn of uh, a new era for Pokemon and not necessarily one that's all bright and rosy. But then I actually got the game. I started playing it. I went through all like the Nintendo handholding and then I got thrown into the wild area and then I freaked out because that was the instance where I really felt that Pokemon had arrived onto a console experience. There's free control mm. of the camera. There's Pokemon wandering around this big open area, kind of like in Breath of the Wild. Oh, where you really? can just see out into the distance and just see Pokemon. It has some performance issues. That much I will say. It has some pretty... Uh, serious performance issues because it's constantly connecting to the servers if you decide to play online because there's Mm. like this um there's kind of like i wouldn't say co-op it's kind of like that dark souls thing where uh just player characters like real human player characters will appear in your game and then you can talk to them and like get an item or something like that it's kind of like no man's sky actually 
yeah, but it's just like there's so much of it going on that uh, the poor Switch can't really keep up. Uh, it's a shame, but at the same time, like it's really exciting just like how much activity is out in this like in like this little bit of of the world. Um, and yeah, that was my first impression. Just like I spent quite a number of hours of my initial playthrough just catching Pokemon and wandering around and setting up camps and making curry and just discovering all the mechanics that were in the game because there's no manual or anything anymore it's just like you play these games and you have to like find out things as you as you go along and yeah there's like I have a lot of problems with hand holding when it comes to like story and just gating you and really like shoving you in the direction that you have to go in because like I like to just approach things kind of freely and that hasn't really been how Pokemon has worked for a long time. Um, but moments like this where you're out in, in the wild area and you can just get completely clobbered by an overpowered, uh, like just like an Onyx or a Haunter or something like that's really fun. And yeah, that's as far as I got. I caught, uh, I caught an Eevee and then I had to come up here and record a podcast. So that's as far <laughs> as I'm at. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to to play it. I, like I think I've mentioned before, this will be my first Pokemon since Silver. <laughs> so Silver, it's been oh, a man. long time, and you I know, was really into Pokemon. Like it was, I was not, I was not a you know casual Pokemon fan. I was I was really into it as a kid, but then I quickly grew out of it, and I just like never came back to it. So this might be, this might be kind of dangerous. This might be like uh, like. <laughs> you know when when i started rereading his dark materials and like this uh, thing that i loved as a kid kind of came crashing back i might relapse and turn into a giant pokemon fan <laughs> well you've got my support because i've been like i like i took a long break as well uh after uh the ds games uh like i skipped most of the 3ds games until sun and moon came out and those were also marketed as like a hey come back uh see what all the like the cool stuff is going mm-hmm. on with pokemon uh, and I guess they're trying to do that again with Switch because uh, it's the console Pokemon now. It's like, wow, that's like a huge and, deal. And the Switch has sold so well, right? So it's a good opportunity yeah. to get new people in. It's finally like that perfect middle ground between portable and console. Mm-hmm. Like Pokemon's always been about connecting with other people. And I know like Kojima has taken a lot of credit <laughs> for being like, I invented uh, interconnectedness between human beings. But Pokemon mm-hmm. has been there for ages. And I like that. I like that the implication there is that mm. like Kojima didn't invent connecting human beings to each other, like. But it's not a fundamental concept of humanity. It's something that Pokemon <laughs> invented. <laughs> um, I think in the video game world, it kind of was. Though I watched uh, an interview with Satoshi Tajiri, who essentially created Pokemon. And the whole idea sprouted out, like the mechanics sprouted out from playing Dragon Quest and Mm. having, I think he, there was like a super rare item that's a monster drop in like Dragon Quest 3 or something like that. And the story goes like he had a friend who was also playing the game and they had two of the same items, but because it's a Nintendo and like this idea didn't exist yet, like he couldn't trade the item to Satoshi Tajiri. So then he's decided, you know what, I'm going to invent Pokemon. So I think that, I've heard that story. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty cool. And it like Pokemon feels a lot like Dragon Quest as well. If like you played those uh, those Game Boy games, I did not, but I'm I don't doubt it. I mean, right? Dragon Quest is such an influential JRPG, so that makes like sense. That that and the well, Mother is also uh, very deeply inspired by Dragon Quest as well. There's like a, there's another Dragon yeah. Quest base story uh, around Mother. It's it's weird though. I like Dragon Quest kind of also from Dragon Quest sprouted out like all these other super popular games. Yeah, I, again, I mean, I think Dragon Quest is an institution in Japan, right? So it's not surprising. Yeah. I mean, it's... Maybe maybe it was Dragon Quest that invented the world and not Kojima. To reference another Akira Toriyama thing, Dragon Ball is also the kind of thing that oh, is just such an institution anime. that everything, <laughs> everything after it is like drawing from it, right? Oh. So that, yeah, it's very similar. Speaking of the origin of humanity and uh, connecting humans together. Uh, it's time to review a holy text. We're going to take them to church. <laughs> One of the, you know, uh, most important works of scripture in human history. Uh, I am talking, of course, about St. Young Men, the manga from Hikaru Nakamura about 
Jesus and Buddha living together in an apartment in Tokyo. <laughs> wow, this has been a long time coming. Oh yeah, this is uh, this manga started running in Japan in the mid two thousands, and since then it's been like nonstop. People in the U.S. asking for it to get licensed, which has not happened for a long time. Uh, I believe mostly because the either the publisher or Nakamoto herself was very reluctant to let it come out here because you know they were understandably I think worried about like particularly Christian conservatives and stuff getting really. Bent out of shape of about it. it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of truth to that statement, considering that uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid had gotten like a lot of buzz on cable TV, like the news channels, because like some incident that it's like a minor thing, but it blew up to like a nationwide kind of trending Twitter thing. On where, in Japan? No, in America. Wait, I didn't know about this. What you happened? didn't know about this? Uh, like you know how like libraries you can borrow books well they had uh wait Ms. what Kobayashi's Hold, sorry so run that back you can borrow books at libraries <laughs> you can borrow oh yeah we should uh this is like a psa here you can <laughs> so there are these things called libraries uh and you can borrow books from them for free basically you just sign up for a membership card and Interesting. you can go to this building and there will be somebody there, likely there will be somebody there to attend to you and help you find what you want to read and if it's they like can't get of, it it's a, if they can't get it, they can also call other libraries um, because there are multiple of them. It's not just one library. There's like several libraries per area. And they ha- they usually have a network to uh, you know, find the book that you want and then they'll deliver it to the library that you are going to frequent and then you can borrow it. Okay, thank you for that, David. I didn't expect you to go that far in on that bit. But Some people don't know. <laughs> Maybe that's what I get for, uh, for starting us to, off on that. We have to pimp libraries. Anyway, what was there. this? What was this Kobayashi's Dragon Maid news thing? Oh well, like, like a child, like an actual child, uh, borrowed it, and then the mom found out and then freaked out because it's a very sexy manga. Okay, I haven't, I haven't read the manga. Is the manga sexier than the anime? Uh, it's hornier actually. Yeah, it's hornier, like yeah, 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 yeah. It's like yeah, because like the anime, the anime is pretty horny as well, but it was like kind of like oh, this is like non problematic horny. Like the manga was problematic horny. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's an understandable thing, but I do kind of feel like just in, in 2019, the, like, I think Christian conservatives just have like bigger, fr- bigger fish to fry. Like I, no, this stuff doesn't they'll fry, the, they'll fry any fish that they can come across. Come on. Except one. I don't know enough about, I should be able to make a joke about this. Isn't there a time where you're, you only eat fish or you're, you're not supposed to eat fish. I could have <laughs> a joke there about frying fish. <laughs> Uh, Fridays mostly. <laughs> okay. That's something like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I just feel like it, honestly, it's sort of similar to like his dark materials, right. Which I've, I've been into lately where, where I think that the, I just feel like that kind of like particular brand of culture war is not, there's like bigger culture war things going on. And so fights over like the depiction of Jesus in a piece of pop culture is not something that makes like big national headlines anymore in the US. So mm. I think it's a slightly easier environment to get that kind of thing out there. I guess. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like I still live in the nineties. Like Mortal Kombat is still the uh a particular subject of interest. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's really true. <laughs> Nobody's complaining about more combat <laughs> fatalities in 2019. I'm sure you can like pop into ESPN and like watch uh, esports Mortal Kombat tournaments now. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, uh, this manga, Saint Young Man, is now out through Kodansha Comics in the US. Uh, so they released it digitally a couple months ago, and they're now three volumes in. And it has a print release coming out uh, actually on my birthday on December 17th. Happy Just birthday. in time for Christmas. So before we go into the review in detail, I should throw in a disclaimer here, which is that I do freelance work for Kodansha Comics. So, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm not here whatever. to promote Kodansha. They, they, they pay me to like build their website, not to uh, promote their comics. So this You don't is, make a dollar yeah. <laughs> based on how many books they sell. Yeah, exactly. So... The basic premise here is, it's pretty much what I described before. It's uh, Jesus and Buddha, uh, you know, it's the, it's the end of the century. They like successfully brought humanity through it. And so these two buddies uh, take take a, a well-deserved break by going on vacation to live amongst humanity in Tokyo. 
but uh basically they're they're not uh they're not like living in the the lap of luxury they are both poor and uh they don't seem to have jobs and they're pretty much just slackers oh well being poor is a virtue exactly for both yeah. of them right so that's like that's like actually in the in the text it's like yeah about poverty is is virtuous <laughs> So it's like it's right. not even that like that far off. Like because like seeing Jesus in a, in a mansion uh, rolling up in a Lexus, like that's not <laughs> that's not a good look for Jesus. But I think what makes it really funny is that yes, uh, poverty can you know be, being poor is a virtue, but Nakamura is definitely making fun of them for being slackers. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Jesus just sits around and plays video games all day. He buys all sorts of things like online that get delivered to the apartment that he doesn't need. And then Buddha is kind of the straight man. He's kind of like a cheapskate and he's always complaining about Jesus spending too much money and filling up the apartment with junk that they don't need. And uh, yeah, they form this very funny pair of just like these these two weirdos. <laughs> So you've you've read some of this, David, right? You you read Oof. this back in the day. Okay, yeah. It's like I read some of this uh, on the good the good word of a the good word of a mutual friend of ours, um, but that was like many years ago, back in college. Uh, so I kind of don't remember a whole lot of it. I do remember just enjoying it for like how weird it was. It, it's definitely it's like it's kind of like played weird. like a, like a serious like not serious but like realistic. It's not. It wasn't well, like. Um, like goofy cartoony. Yeah, so the way it's drawn, Nakamura's art is kind of yeah, it, it doesn't turn into these, you know, chibi faces or anything. It it is very like the the characters will do these really kind of angular, you know, serious looking faces and it'll be it'll be that kind of joke, right, that you'll see in a lot of I feel like especially in manga and anime where the character is taking everything very seriously and that's the joke, right? You're laughing at how seriously they're taking this like dumb mundane situation. Arakawa Under the Bridge was kind of like that, wasn't it? Yes, right, right. So Arakawa Under the Bridge is the same author, that's Nakamura. So I actually haven't read that, but but that got an anime. Ooh, yeah, I watched that anime. Is that Shaft? Is that why you watched that? That was a Shaft show, yeah. That's what I thought. That was back when Shaft was good. (laughs) So a lot of the comedy here comes from Jesus and Buddha being, you know, taking very, very like simple tasks extremely seriously, like just cleaning their apartment or paying rent or whatever. Paying rent isn't simple for everybody. But the other thing, though, I mean, the real core conceit of this manga is that it's just full of references to their respective scripture, right? And it has this kind of world it builds up. It's got a little bit of like low-key world building where, you know, both of the religious texts of Christianity and Buddhism are true. And presumably other religions are also all true, right? So they like live together in Mm. the heavens and like, you know, it sort of skates over the (laughs) fact that like some of the teachings might be contradictory with each other, but like Jesus and Buddha, both real guys, both like, you know, holy men, uh, they both live in heaven, right? And they just, uh, they're like basically coworkers in different divisions of the same company (laughs) or something. (laughs) Coworkers, you say? So it's full of these references to specific you know stories from the bible or from buddhist texts and this is the part where it's funny but kind of sometimes it's hard to like immediately laugh at the jokes because you need to have you need to actually have the frame of reference for what they're talking about so this is similar to like a manga that would be full of references to you know anime and uh, pop culture things except it's all references to religious stuff oh so it's like it's perfect if you've ever gone to sunday school yeah, I I mean I didn't, right? I was like raised by a like Christian dad and a Jewish mom, but never went to either Catholic school or Hebrew school, right? So I just I don't really have a lot of basis in the actual texts of these things and have very little exposure to Buddhism other than like reading Tezuka's Buddha, which by the way <laughs> features prominently in this cuz one of the great jokes at the beginning of this series is that Buddha comes to earth and he's like in Tokyo and he's like oh what the heck is this they made a manga about me and he reads Tezuka's Buddha and becomes a giant fan of Tezuka <laughs> <laughs> wow it wasn't even like concerned of like uh signing away the rights to his image or anything no, he, he's just, just like, it. wow, Tezuka did a really good job with this. He's like a big fan. <laughs> so 
So I think if you went to, yeah, if you went to Catholic school, like, I'm sure you'll get a lot of these jokes that I kind of had to look up. And the book has translator's notes at the end that describe in pretty good detail a lot of the references. But of course, then like the punchline is kind of, yeah. you know, the timing Something's is lost. Like, you have to yeah. go look it up. <laughs> Something's kind of missing. But so, so would you recommend that you pull an Evan Minto and read the Bible before? Yeah, you might want to read the entire <laughs> Bible first. Might want to you know, cover to cover, get on it. I understand some of the references in it. You know, there's there's stuff like uh, there's references to. I think I think I, I even though I'm I didn't go to Hebrew school for whatever reason, maybe it's just in my DNA. But I do kind of uh, feel like I know more about the Old Testament than the New Testament. <laughs> so uh, I, I get a little bit more of those references than I do to the uh, to the New Testament stuff. So some some good examples of some of the jokes that show up in this. There's a lot of stuff where Jesus will, uh, Jesus or Buddha will like accidentally trigger their holy powers and it'll cause things to happen that are, you know, they're kind of undercover. So it'll like cause stuff to, to happen that, that blows their cover. So Buddha will sometimes, uh, like animals will just appear around him and they'll like, you know, show up in the apartment and they'll be <laughs> surrounded by squirrels and deer and things. And then they'll get in trouble with their landlady because they're not allowed to have pets. <laughs> Or uh, Jesus at one point, they go to a hot spring and Jesus causes, uh, causes <laughs> they, they think it's wine. It's like, like you know, like there's like a geyser of, they think it's wine and they check and they're like, oh no, it's actually, it's, it's grape Fanta. And it's like, <laughs> they talk about it. And it turns out that, that, you know, anything kind of, any grape drink is basically, you know, counts uh, as Jesus's blood. <laughs> Uh, Jesus will sometimes accidentally turn water into wine. He'll turn, uh, he'll turn like plates into bread. Uh, that they, they talk at one point about how he couldn't be a waiter at a restaurant because he would keep making fish appear and turn the plates into bread. <laughs> <laughs> What's a bread bowl soup? Yeah, yeah. There's a one. I, there's one I read recently that was Buddha and Jesus are playing ping pong at a hot spring, and then as like Buddha is starting to lose. And he accidentally grows multiple arms, you know, like, uh, I actually don't remember the name of the, but, it, but that's a thing from Buddhism, right? Uh, there's like a God who, who has multiple arms, right? Uh, so right. then he's, he grows multiple arms, but in doing so, he also accidentally multiplies the paddles and then they have to hide the paddles because <laughs> they don't want to like have to ask, answer questions about why there's now, you know, 16 ping pong paddles where there was only one before. <laughs> <laughs> It's all like, it's very much, you know, awkward, mundane, you know, almost, almost like Curb Your Enthusiasm-esque stuff, right? Where it's just like, yeah. uh, this is gonna, this will be awkward now, you know, except it's being caused by their supernatural powers. It's actually like very, uh, I'm like, yeah, that's like very Arakawa vibes that I'm getting from, uh, from just like the, the, the way that jokes are structured. Because Arakawa is just like a bunch of losers that live under a bridge, yeah, close enough to these guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of losers living in a cheap apartment. There's also a lot of really good jokes that are around um, around like misunderstandings where they're talking about their experiences, you know, the whether it's things that happen in the Bible or like or Jesus is talking about his dad, which is God, right? <laughs> and people will misunderstand them. So like one of the the great running jokes is there's a Yakuza guy who Jesus keeps talking about like his dad and how his, his dad keeps like getting retribution on people and stuff. And the Yakuza guy <laughs> becomes convinced that Jesus is the son of a major mob boss. <laughs> yeah, that's actually, that's really good. It's pretty like, there's a lot of these good standout jokes, but, it, but again, like the bit, my big issue with it that kind of keeps me from getting really into St. Young Men, even though I was, I was one of the people really excited for this thing to come out. Right is just that so many of the jokes go over my head. So like the manga is so dependent on those references coming through. And and it's not just the the references to scripture, it's also like it's a super Japanese manga. So so much of the comedy comes from combining like Japanese idioms and puns with references to scripture. So it's kind of like feels like a manga that is, you know, tailor-made for you being a Japanese 
Christian or Buddhist, where you're going to like get the Japanese cultural references and you're going to get the religious references. And when those come together, you get these really, really clever puns. But otherwise, it's you like, need to like, like, yeah, cross like reference. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's like over here, I could see it being like big, big time manga buffs with uh, some, you know, like just beginner level understanding of the way that language works in in, uh, in Japanese. I'm assuming this was really challenging to localize. Oh my God. Like, uh, I mean, if you're interested in the process of localization, reading the translation notes here is pretty interesting because they have got a lot of stuff to deal with where I, I don't, I can't think of how you would even solve them, right? Sometimes they just have to give up and leave certain things untranslated and just add a translator's note. What, like they just like leave the Nakama and call it a day? <laughs> More or less, there. Mm. there's a joke in the third volume, which came out last month, that uh, the English version came out last month, where they had to translate a This is like such a multi-layered joke. So it's where Jesus's name in Japanese is pronounced Iesu, which is because the Portuguese were the first to bring Christianity to Japan, right? Mm-hmm. So in... Most of the manga, they just call him Jesus in the English version, right? Because that's what what English speakers are going to understand. But their like their last name that they go by is Say, both both Jesus and Buddha, which I th- I think is uh, like the kanji, or it's a it can mean like holy, right? So it's kind of a mm-hmm. reference to them being holy people. And at, at one point, Jesus like introduces himself or something as say yesu <laughs> which is then a reference to like a song called say yes right? <laughs> but it's like the joke only works if like all of that comes together and it doesn't work if you if it's say jesus right like the <laughs> i think i know that song too <laughs> wow this manga was made for me because actually i think i actually know that song yeah you might be you you might it might work well That's for like you. That's like an 80s pop song, isn't it? I think it's a Japanese song. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think but I'll play it, it for you, actually. You probably okay. never heard it. <laughs> no, I don't think so. But yeah, th- that's the level of of like what's going on here, which is hard to translate. So they just had to leave it untranslated, right? Because mm. like, how do you how do you get that across? <laughs> yeah, because like that's that's tying into a bunch of other stuff where it's like, well, how are we gonna how can how can you like approach this? Is there an equivalent in in uh, English? Like, do Americans know a, something that would be like this? Well, sometimes they they do replace them with English idioms, which is you know the I think controversial for purists. That's controversial, but, but that's the right yeah. way to do it, right? I mean, you, you have to like make it work in English, and sometimes that means you have to replace a Japanese idiom with an English one. Like, I sometimes think, it works. I think and there was one where like the weird. where the Japanese idiom was, "If you love your child, send them on a journey," which is supposed to be like let your child grow up by giving them you know letting them experience the world and -hmm. they replaced it with like spare the rod spoil the child right which is a similar concept that english speakers would recognize Mm -hmm. but that's like different it's uh, not exactly the same they're never going to be exactly the the same but it's it's similar you know it kind of worked in context so i like saint young man i'm really glad that it's out in english but yeah, I, I have those caveats about like, you know, you need to be able to kind of piece together the references for the jokes to work. But the jokes are clever, right? I mean, and there's definitely some of them that you'll get without knowing all the references. And I kind of have a, like, I'm glad it's getting a print release because I actually think, I, I read it digitally and it was actually more difficult to read digitally than it would have been in print because the thing I wanted to do was hold the book like with one finger at the translation notes and one finger on the page I'm reading uh, and reference back and forth, yeah. which I've done with some other books. And like, it's a little annoying, but you, you know, you can kind of cross reference back and forth, but the translation notes are at the end. And that's like kind of harder to do. Yeah, that's kind of what comic. I would do. That's kind of what I would do when I was reading Lord of the Rings, because that would have the mm-hmm. appendix at the back. And if I saw something that was kind of like, well, I don't know this, could just like flip back and be like, oh, okay, so now I've got a bit of reference to what it is. Right. So, I mean, if if the if the digital versions actually used the digital format, they could make that much easier where you could actually have like inline references, but they don't do that. So you have to like, you know, go into the interface and flip to the end of the book and then go back. So that's, that's actually though. why I would say 
Like if you're thinking of picking this up, I would recommend you pick up the print copy actually so that you can do this cross-referencing. And I think that'll actually probably help the timing work better because you can look up the joke like in in time with when you're reading it. Yeah, because it's not going to be like anime where there's like a oh, TL note here up on the top. <laughs> you got to go look for yeah, it Yeah, exactly right. You don't get to do it like as it's happening. So anyway, that's St. Young Man. I'm super happy that this is out. Please, you know, buy it so Kodansha can keep making more. I do I do want this thing to like get a full release here. Again, we don't get paid by Kodansha, but absolutely not. <laughs> but I definitely wanna you know, I guess we, I guess it's like kind of a shout out because they did do like the big initial D re like mm-hmm. big, like big uh like whole series release when like I feel like they didn't really have to. <laughs> Yeah, but, they they do. I mean, again, disclaimer: I work there, but but they put out some really cool stuff. Like it's a lot, and I feel like I even you know I work for them, and I don't I lose track sometimes of what's coming out. I'm like, wait, they have this and this and this. <laughs> it's like that we're finally living out the the promise from many years ago when publishers would essentially like die before they could get to the end of a like a, a release but mm-hmm. we've got all this other manga and they've really taken to digital publishing finally and yeah and the digital probably is probably helping helps. yeah yeah because it, yeah. it helps publishers not just kodansha right but also like viz has got their shonen jump stuff now and it lets them put out things that they would otherwise not necessarily right. be able to justify Right, yeah, because like you think like if you think like print is your only option, then you're really limiting to what you can actually put out. So, yeah, and then with things like saying yeah. young men, I think I mean I don't know the actual rationale here, but I would assume that it you know it was helpful to be able to like try it in digital and then see what the demand was like and then justify a print release. So things are super looking super good for manga. A lot of a lot of manga yeah. out there. Read uh, go, get yeah, your go manga. check out some of this digital manga. I mean, there's good stuff that Kodansha's got that's on like Comixology and some of it is on Crunchyroll manga. The Viz uh, stuff, like I've been reading Chainsaw Man and that Shonen Jump app. Everybody, folks, Chainsaw Man is good. Please read it. I'll probably talk that's about it more episode. on the show. Yeah, <laughs> I love that's gonna Chainsaw be an Man. One, one day. <laughs> I still have to start it. I haven't really. Been, you will uh, like. I think you will like Chainsaw Man. <laughs> I, I've seen some screenshots of it. Uh, I think I definitely like one of the bid characters. Uh, uh, but I which gotta, one? Wait, which one? Which one? What do they look like? Um, I'm trying to. It's remember. gonna be one like of the girls. I'm, it's gonna be one of the girls. Gonna, is it Eye Patch Girl? Is it uh, Demon Girl? It's the it's the one that's kind of a shithead who doesn't flush the toilet. Who has the horns? I think so. Oh yeah, power. You're gonna like power. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we actually don't have any questions for this episode, so I think that is it. Oh, wrap early. I get to yeah. go back to Pokemon like immediately. <laughs> yeah, and I get to go back to Fire Emblem. Sick. So uh, that's it for us. Before we head out, David and I are writing for Otaku USA magazine. I think I've talked about this last time, but I am doing, I just finished writing my reviews of the What's Michael Omnibus release. Great cat manga. Go check that out. That'll be out in like the next issue. And a review of Maiden Railways and a big feature about Grave of the Fireflies. You know, sat down and rewatched that, cried a bunch, and then wrote an article about it. Wow. Evan cried? I can't even imagine. I actually cry in movies, David. I'm not like a, I'm not completely heartless. Holy crap. Like I would say like, I want to see it, but then like, oh, I'd have to like watch a person cry and that's awkward. <laughs> what, are your, like, what, what did you write about for Otaku USA recently? I wrote about the Persona 5 manga. I wrote about Nicola traveling in the Ooh, demons world. I bought that in Japanese that before it got licensed in English, but I haven't read it. Oh, dude. Is it good? Oh, dude, it's so good. Ooh. It's so good. I loved it. Okay. And I also covered today's menu with the Emia family, which is the Fate Cooking Manga from Denpa. Yep. Yep, that's a bunch of words that I just said. Fate Cooking Manga from Denpa. Uh, David is streaming video games every Saturday night at twitch.tv slash uwusmallbean. We just did the Metal Gear stream. We did part two of that. and uh, Definitely clamor and batter Evan's door so that I can get him back on and finish playing Metal Gear Solid, because that was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was good. That was good. I'm looking forward to doing it again. I also have a new side podcast. It is not part of the Annie Gamers Network, because I figured, I mean, for two reasons. One, it's not related to anime, manga, or video games. Two, you know, there's an audience that is 
that I'm aiming for that is not necessarily interested in the Gamers podcast. And uh, that is a podcast called Shadow Particles. That is a weekly uh, companion show for His Dark Materials, the BBC HBO show, the adaptation of Phil Pullman's books. I'm as I, as I have talked about on this show, I've been really excited about his dark materials. So I'm doing a podcast about it. You know, the only way I know to express my excitement about things. <laughs> <laughs> so that comes out every week. Uh, the website for that is shadowparticles.club. I got one of those silly new top level Not domains. <laughs> Welcome to the club. That's right. Book club. You can check out show notes, blog posts, and a link to the official Anagamers Discord on anagamers.com. Come hang out with us on Discord. We also have a Patreon. Support us on patreon.com slash anagamers starting at, uh, well, $1 for a special thank you. $2 will get you into the priority question list, and $5 will get you bonus articles and podcasts, including coming up. Uh, I'm going to upload the full video of the previous Metal Gear stream as uh, like the old one from, I think, like last year. And the Oof, one that we just did. Old. So both of those will be Patreon exclusive. So if you miss the stream, go uh, subscribe for $5 a month and you will get access to that as well as the full back catalog of all of our other Patreon episodes and, and articles. You can email us questions, responses, and topic suggestions at podcast at anygamers.com and you know, send those anytime and we'll try to read them on the show. Or talk to us on Twitter. I'm at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. David is at sign QX20XX. And Anigamers is at sign Anigamers, one word. Or on Mastodon, I'm at Vamptvo at Mastodon.social. David is 20XX at Caro.ccsakura.jp. And finally, episodes are available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Music. And we could always use new reviews to help more people find the show. Boost up the brand. That's right. We love brands here. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again in about two weeks. Later. Go catch them all. Well, some of them. Catch some of them.